the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. start with a lousy note. <laughs> it's dark early, it's damp, it's cold, and we've had our first little bit of snow today. But I guess that's not really the case for the band members of We Are The City, because in Vancouver, it's been warm and sunny. So I guess they're bound to be happy about the weather, and they're also likely to be happy with the release of their new full length at night. We Are The City is one of those creative bands that builds their own soundscapes. And what makes the band stand out is that their roots may be pop, but it's also their experimental edge that gives them their place in the music scene. So the antidote is going to get into the conversation I had with the band's frontman, 
Kane McKenzie for a talk about their new music. And since it's been a while since Where the City was last on The Antidote, we're going to head back to 2015 and their Above Club release. Our opening song, Heavy as a Brick, came from that EP. And here's another called Kiss Me Honey. Antidote meets Kane McKenzie of Vancouver's We Are the City. Thanks for coming for a talk, Kane. No sweat. I really didn't have to do much, Dave. I mean, you, you called me. I'm here on my couch. Barely had to move a muscle. Well, I guess that's enough work for the day, isn't it? Back to bed. <laughs> well, tell us about We Are the City. I mean, it's a three-piece, so it's a bit of a stripped-down kind of band. 
uh, stripped down when it comes to traveling in a van for sure. In terms of performance and sound, I I actually think that with recorded music and live music, the fewer elements you have, the larger the sound can be in terms of sonics, because there's more space to house the, the fewer elements, you know. And as you mentioned, being in the van, you've got a lot less stinky feet and bodies. <laughs> you know what? We are very conscientious of each other at this point. We've been going for 10 years and we started right after high school and just kept going, kept making records. So we've known each other a long time now. Actually, David, the guitar player, and myself have been friends for 20 years. Andrew and I are coming up on 15 years. So, I mean, we've known each other a long time, long enough to know to not have stinky feet in the van. Let's say that. <laughs> and that's been the wild thing about We're the City. 10 years and you've had a constant lineup. No dramas, no battles. You actually enjoy being with each other. Well, there's definitely dramas and battles, but I think that's the same as with a good marriage. You have your dramas and battles, but you have your your strong roots that keep you together regardless of how blistery the winds get. And how blistery are the winds in Vancouver? Right now there's no wind. It's just straight up downpour. <laughs> yeah. So longevity is one of the different aspects about your band. And the other one is your music style. Your sound pushes music boundaries. But is it worth it to challenge the status quo? Well, it just depends. Worth it. Um, the older I get, it has a, a variant of definitions. Um, worth it artistically, yes. Worth it financially, sometimes. <laughs> worth it um, for sake of clout. Well, depends on what kind of clout you're hoping to get. Uh, worth it for respect from your peers, yes. The last time I spoke with We Are The City was in 2015 when your band had re-released your full-length Violent. And it wasn't just the album release. You also created a feature film around the album that was seen internationally at a number of film festivals. Was that really as chaotic as it seems? Um, to be in the midst of that process, yeah, it felt quite chaotic at the time. I think we were young enough and eager enough at that time to be taking on more than we could handle. <laughs> Um, or maybe we were dumb enough to take on more than we could handle, but, but yeah, the film and the record together and then the record re-release and really like the film we filmed in 2012 and really it, it was just kind of really getting rolling like in 2015. So there was, it was about a five year process with that film and with the record as well. By the time we did Above Club, which was the follow up record to Violent, um, by that time, we were still going to festivals with the film Violent. And we were just kind of like just closing it out, just doing our distribution and stuff. So it was chaotic. But you know what? It was sort of a time stretch chaos because it, it really lasted a long time. And I think if you were to put it into one year, the whole process, it would have just felt like, wow, that would have been really intense. But it was good that it actually lasted so long. It was chaotic, though. It was uh, really eye-opening, you know, to see what it takes to, as you mentioned before, with pushing genres and with trying to do something, you know, quote-unquote, different than your peers or different than the other people in your country or the other people in your scene. Um, you always have to be kind of 
doing extra, coming up with extra ideas. At that time, We Are the City was really, in 2012, when we were coming up with Violent the Record and Violent the Movie, we were kind of trying to find our identity as what is our creative team? Is our creative team just this band? Is our creative team, are we going to go in a film direction? And I think at that time, we just sort of realized that we're just a collective of dudes who some are on the stage, some are off the stage, and we just want to make cool stuff together and try to be as exciting as possible to each other. I think that's the <laughs> that's the thing about We Are The City is like, it's just as hard to get any sort of like new viewership or new followership as it is to keep the other dudes in the band impressed with what you're coming up with. You know, like you're constantly trying to be exciting to the guys in the band and the guys in the film collective just as much as, as you're trying to be exciting on stage or on record. Here's an older song with an even older topic. From We Are The City's violent release comes the song King David.
you're speaking about our spectacular and common lives. Oh, did you find that to be exciting? <laughs> I just was amused by the song oh, title because it doesn't yeah. really seem to fit for yourselves. Well, our spectacular and common lives is a bit of a silly title, isn't it? Because it's it's a really obvious juxtaposition. To have common life and to have a spectacular life is are two totally different ideas, right, on paper. Um, but that's kind of the thing is I just feel like to be an artist in the past, you had to appear as something that no one viewing could ever see themselves being. Mm -hmm. And the, the further and further we get into the future, the further we get into today, the more it's becoming obvious that people don't want larger than life as much. Um, I think people really want to feel like you're really talking to them. And the older I get and the longer I've been an artist, the more I realize like the great art that stands the test of time, whether visual or, you know, music or even ideas, writing, those ideas that stand the test of time are ideas that are like so universal. Anyways, our spectacular and common lives, I guess, is kind of a discussion that Andrew and I had. Andrew's the drummer. A uh, discussion we had about this and we just wanted to, it was a title that he had thought of like a long time ago. He gave it to me. I had it in a notepad for like four years, you know, because at night our new record really came together in about a two week period from conception of just starting to write to the end of mastering was about two weeks. So we were just sort of throwing around as many ideas as we had. And that's a big idea for us is like the idea of commonplace and how fantastic it is. Well, you'd also mentioned about how people don't want you to be larger than life, but what they are expecting from artists is for them to be multifaceted. I think We Are the City is certainly fitting that role. I mean, obviously, you're doing quite a bit with the visual aspect also. Does it ever get to the point where you could be saying that I'm putting so much effort into making this art? Is it really worth it? Um, yes, for sure. I'm kind of ashamed to say that most of the reason that you would get to that point in your head is due to like financial instability. But truth be told, I mean, like, man, before I was doing We Are the City full time, I worked at Save On and I was 16. You know, that's 12 years ago. That's the last time I had a job. So I'm just kind of like, if not this, I don't really know where I would be. And I don't know where Andrew would be either. You know, David's had a few different jobs here and there. But he's been in there as well the whole time. And we've just invested so much of our time to honing the skills that we have now. I mean, I kind of look at being an artist in a little bit of a different way. You've asked if, if it's worth it, all the effort. Is it worth it? And I'm saying, well, sometimes it doesn't feel worth it because of the financial instability. Having said that, I don't think in order to be a successful artist, and I'm doing these sort of air quotes, in order to be a successful artist, you don't have to like be making heaps of cash. I mean, people have successful lives and they are totally happy being a server or being a radio host like you or being a, you know, on set sound person or playing piano at a bar like on Wednesdays, you know, you don't have to have like boatloads of cash. And I think for me, in order to be an artist as my full-time job, the trade-off is making a lot of effort and putting a lot of time in. And I think that I work not only so that people can hear my records or buy my records. That's almost like a secondary goal. 
for me, the first goal is just to continue being able to make music. I always say to the guys, like, I don't really care if we get more successful or if we sell, you know, 2,000, 20,000, 200,000 more records than the last time we made a record. It's just more about, like, I, w- I want to make another one so that I can make another one after that. just bouncing right into what's coming up in the near future for we are the city what about we go back to your last set of work which was above club it had a happy vibe was it fun putting that ep together above club you thought had a happy vibe hey i don't know how you could have got that (laughs) (laughs) i I don't don't think i guess i wouldn't say it has a happy vibe at all i mean okay let's put it this way you had a happy veneer I realized that underneath there was more to it than that. But even things like Keep On Dancing, which I know is multifaceted, came across that way. I guess so, yeah. I always forget Keep On Dancing's on there. It does kind of have a happy vibe to it. It was fun to to put that out. You know, there was a lot of pressure, self-imposed only, during that time because we had made Violent a film 
end, it had gone to many festivals. It was done in Norway. And then we had Violent the album as well. And so the, there was this film companion piece. So after that, we really felt like, okay, what's our next move going to be, you know? And so I think we just put so much time into making this, uh, I don't know if you followed, but we did this live stream of recording the whole record of Above Club. So it was all live. It was so intense to make. We made this whole 360-hour live stream in Serbia, but it turned out actually it was fake. It was a film, and it was not a live stream at all. And we had recorded all the audio during our actual sessions of recording Above Club, but we made the visual element as just a visual element, and we made it solely on its own just to be a visual element. So that was just really intense. So yes, it was fun, but that was the most work we've ever done for a record and for a record release because of this visual element that took us like weeks and weeks and weeks to make. So it was fun and the end result was worthwhile. The end result was worthwhile. Yes, it was. You know, back to an earlier question where you asked me if it, if I ever felt like it was too much effort, that was the only time in this career that I felt like, I don't know if I can do it again like that. <laughs> it was really intense. This is Kane McKenzie from We Are The City, and you have found The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Goodbye.
Keep On Dancing from We Are The City's Above Club release. And I really doubt that the band had any time for dancing as they went back into the studio to record. Listen in. Now in August, We Are The City announced you have plans for two albums, not just one. I mean, I realize it's been three years since you released Above Club, but why would you want to bring out two full albums just months apart? The story is that uh, we, we'd spent uh, two years making a record, which is the second coming record called R.I.P. That's going to be coming out sometime early in 2019. Uh, we had spent two years making that and going back to the place where our band started in my parents' basement. We recorded there a lot. We recorded with a lot of friends and we recorded a bunch of songs, spent all our cash, like all of our kind of label cash and all of our savings on this particular record, R.I.P. In my opinion, it's quite a heavy record about uh, losing a really close friend that we grew up with and he died from an overdose. The record is certainly our heaviest um, and I would venture to say one of the heaviest records I've heard recently from any of our peers for sure. Not necessarily heavy in terms of sonics, but lyrical content. And we started to pass the record around when it was complete. This is before we made At Night. Um, We're passing around R.I.P. to our management, to our labels, to our peers, parents, spouses, and everyone was taken aback by how hard it was to get into because of how intense the lyrical content is. So we just kind of felt like, okay, our band is not only about hitting the nail on the head in terms of what people think about when they think about being in pain, what people think about when they think about questioning spirituality. That's not our only thing that our band is about. Our band is also about this duality of like this depressing record above club that's hard, but also has this real fun side, like keep on dancing, like you said, right? That could Mm -hmm. almost carry someone's opinion of the record into being, wow, that record was really fun, as we just discovered earlier in this interview, right? So we, we kind of felt like we missed that duality with R.I.P. We hit the home run to the, the left or right side of the field, whichever is your de- depressed side of your brain. You know, we, we, we just, it was real about growing up and about feeling older and feeling like, you know, the other guys have kids and wives and our friend is gone and our parents are getting older. And we've come full circle on some of us questioning our spirituality and leaving spirituality and coming back and really feeling like the woes of just getting older, which is a relatable feeling, you know? But like I said, we just miss that sort of that perky fun pop element, I think. And also the other side of the coin with any discussion is, yeah, you give your opinion on where you're at, but you also have to try to meet people where they're at. So anyways, after getting a bunch of personalized reviews back on RIP, Andy and I just went to work um, really quickly, just gathering together ideas that we had had from RIP, but also ideas that we had made just in the time since RIP had been completed. And we very quickly came up with what we felt like was a really fun record. Very, very fun to make. Perhaps our most fun record to make to date. And maybe even our most fun to listen to, I think, and the lightest. And I think it just so perfectly, we had we just had this space in that duality for a fully positive, fully happy record. And it really felt like 
um, our high school EP, because Andy and I also made that one quite a few years ago now, early 2010. We made that record in kind of the same way, just in a basement, demoing very fast, no precious feelings about lyrics, just get out exactly how you're feeling right then. It's not about going away and really toiling over like the exact thing you want to say. It's more like, well, what do you want to say right now? You know, what do you want to say with the drum beat? What do you want to say with the synth sound? What do you want to say with this hook or with this lyric? Anyway, so we made what became At Night very, very quickly within two weeks. <laughs> we had no cash left at all. As I mentioned, we spent all our cash on our IP. And we worked with some really fantastic people uh, who mixed it and mastered it. Um, Steve Bays. We would be nowhere without Steve who's encouraged us to record ourselves and gave us the guts to actually mix that night ourselves. But he mixed a bunch of tracks on RIP, as well as a cool guy, a Canadian guy from Ontario, uh, Matt Green, his name is, and he mixes down in LA now. And he's just an awesome dude. And he also, I think, just did a great job on RIP. Anyways, those guys cast their line into our cash pool and drew up all the fish. <laughs> And so we had no cash left. So we just mixed and mastered it ourselves, just me and Andy. We bought, I don't know if you have any kind of like gear listeners. I just like looked into like, hey, what's like the one plugin I need to buy to like make everything sound like, I guess, kind of good. And I just bought the L2 limiter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like, I think it's a pretty standard thing. Everyone uses that. And we just use it on everything, like every single channel and the master bus and you know the mix bus everything had l2 on it and so yeah it was a, it was a fun experiment and we released that record with a huge smile on our faces i think and we're just stoked that we were able to it, that's a real testament to what i was saying before about just making a record so you can make another record and this is the most literal example of that because we made rip and then just made another record yeah i think it's a fun release fun listen at Night is a fun album, but it's also incredibly pretty, like this song called Long Goodbye. Is this the Thank you. 
concerning that most artists think of their release to be a snapshot of where their life is at a certain place or time. With having a different feel on each album, does this mean that We Are The City actually has a split personality? <laughs> um, I think that... Uh... I think anyone could relate to feeling like they have a little bit of a split personality, you know, in one moment. There are just so many things to think about. There are so many things to talk about. How can one personality hold all of those things? <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> you know how I was saying that I had a different opinion about Above Club. You mentioned about this album, At Night To Be Happy, and I'm picking up a whole different theme listening to the album, I keep hearing this background running theme that people are living their lives with a projected view of themselves and of the world that may not really be reality. That comes up a bit on the song Mid-Tempo Drama. Yeah, Mid-Tempo Drama is a funny one. I guess it's not really in line with what I'm talking about, about it being just like really happy. I think I was thinking more of, you know, Dream of You and Ones You Love and long goodbye like those tracks i really felt had a really positive feel but the lyrics are it's a bit of like a it's a nonsensical poem i just had the idea based off of someone i knew yeah i think you picked up on it that things that some people find important or or relevant within their own lives maybe is sort of just i think it's just kind of a funny joke she died in a mid-tempo drama is a silly idea like a mid-tempo drama sounds like the lamest genre ever <laughs> you know it just that's what it is to me anyways like mid-tempo drama like like shakespeare plays fit certain genres right and he doesn't have any mid-tempo dramas like mid-tempo drama just sounds like guaranteed boring storyline and so the idea of someone dying in there but choosing that as their place to die, like this is, I'm talking about it figuratively. They, they've chosen this story is their big drama, but it's really only just a mid-tempo sort of boring story, regular story. That's kind of what the song is just about, this idea of like feeling like things are a big deal, but actually they're not that big of a deal. But it's also just a silly poem where I just rhymed as many things as I could with drama. So <laughs> I want to say that it's like has a huge meaning um, but it's so funny, too, because more people have asked me about the meaning of this song than other songs. <laughs> of course, people would be asking me about the meaning of a song that doesn't have a huge, huge meaning or a huge story behind it, you know, whereas there have been other songs that have a big story behind them and, and no one asks about those ones. But uh, Well, just lie and give a fake answer. Yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe. I. I yeah, it's... This is it. This is my soundbite for, for mid-tempo drama. It's a funny lyric idea that gives a stage for some crazy drum sounds. That's what mid-tempo drama is. <laughs> Mariah Carey played in the background at the cabana. 
Mid-tempo drama is an unusual song, and maybe Kane thinks of it as being simplistic, but I really do enjoy it. Well, I guess we should get back to our talk about the music found on At Night. Some come across as a little bit darker, like on the song Dark Horizon. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it be easy? I want to give up the fight. Shouldn't it be easy to tell you you're on my mind? Sometimes we have a tough time facing reality in that aspect. Yeah, totally. You know what? We When we were recording the stems for Above Club, Andy and I went to Copenhagen and we worked at this studio for two days. Yeah, it was just for fun. It had nothing to do with that night or RIP. And during that time, we were staying with a friend in Copenhagen 
who introduced me quite late in the game, I'll say, to Jackson Brown. Mm. And I just love The Pretender, his record, The Pretender. I just like listen to it over and over and over, like on my walks to the studio and on my flight home and on like all my transit. I probably listen to that record like 30 times. And I was just like, man, how could We Are The City ever have songs like this? Like, we're just not that kind of band. And I never have had any love songs on any We Are The City records. And so I just wanted to write a love song for my partner. And I wrote Dark Horizon. The Dark Horizon is like the future, but you can't really see past that horizon. You can't, but you just have to give your your trust that the world's going to turn past that horizon. I, I think it's actually quite a hopeful song. Well, the only thing that really matters is just what your partner thought about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she uh, teases me about it. She says, like, anytime she hears it or sees, you know, we, had, we did some live videos for it and stuff that are soon to come out. And she just teased me, like, hey, what's this track about? You know, that's her. I think, I think <laughs> she likes it based on her teasing me like that. You've been guarding yourself And hiding yourself Somewhere out of sight The darkness on the horizon might Find your flaws And show them in the light Shouldn't it be
let's tie love onto one package because here's one that I love and it's called Ones You Love. And you brought in Shad to actually do singing on it. That was unusual. Yeah, yeah. So how that one worked was, and how actually a bunch of uh, the tracks from At Night worked is on R.I.P., the record that I've been mentioning that will come out early next year, we had a title track called R.I.P. And it originally was about our friend who passed away, but if you can believe this, the track was called R.I.P. and we made it before he passed away. Um, just about how we felt like we were you know, losing him. And we had about 30 friends sing on it, like 30 features. And it was a really long song, like 18 minutes long. And uh, so there was the long goodbye, uh, Emily Millard, and Ones You Love, Shad. Both of those are features from R.I.P., the song that we made into other songs for At Night. And we had uh, a large number of just like great vocalists who did their own take on it and um, all different lyrics, all different melodies. And then when our friend actually passed away, we were like, oh, well, we, this song now is something entirely different. So we ended up just making R.I.P. the title track, our own thing, and you'll hear that sometime soon. So we just had all these great, Vocal lines. Yeah, Shad sent us that vocal line early 2017. And it wasn't to that music at all. And so we made that track around Shad's vocal because we just thought it was a kind of a cool performance and maybe no one had ever heard Shad really sing because he's a great singer. And it is, and it really does stand out. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about something that's standing out, you've got the closing song on At Night is the song to get it right, you have to get it wrong sometimes. So now I have to find out, how have you met that balance between the two new releases coming up for We Are The City? Is there more right or is there more wrong? I think everything worked out great. So I, I feel like, yeah, we we didn't actually get it wrong, but we somehow got it right. <laughs> Thanks for coming on The Antidote, Kane. This has been great talk. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Choose the ones you love and the ones that love you. Color my forgiveness bright blue.
fuckers I'm talking trash Chad giving his vocals on Ones You Love from We Are The City's new album, At Night. I haven't heard anything yet from the band's upcoming R.I.P. album. It sounds like it could be something like that Spanish film Beautiful or the Italian film The Bicycle Thief that are both so dark, but there's still beauty in the story. There's something rarely dark in the music of Nathan Conrad. He has a pair of music projects that go under the names State Parks and Spoken Nerd. It's pop, hip-hop, spoken word, and indie all at the same time. I visited with Nathan this past summer for a chat about his music, and you'll hear that next week on The Antidote. Okay, so we're going to squeeze in one more track from We Are The City with the song To get it right, you have to get it wrong sometimes. And I'll see you again next week. To get it right, you have to get it wrong sometimes. I've become one of the people who's hiding out in the woodwork. Sick of being tired and tired of doing the footwork. I've been living in a window. I've been locking my door. And I slept on the floor on folded clothes To get it right, you have to get it wrong sometime Decided which part of the truth was really important When I withheld the rest, see I created a story I wasn't strong, I was wrong A thousand lies to make your skin crawl Well, I was living alone You were trying to know me To get it right You have to get it wrong sometime This is my side of the story Baby, see it like I see it What if we wanna get married? What if we fight for divorce? We're not living by but we didn't choose having a boy Love isn't mine to pull But I've experienced phases To get it right, you 
get it right, you have to get it wrong some.